Welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a podcast dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bucklew. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode. Um, it's a very exciting season. I know that uh, we are all getting ready with uh, Thanksgiving coming around the corner. I know this episode will be released on the week before Thanksgiving. And this is a Thanksgiving special, so I'm really excited uh, for you to join us as we uh, will have a special guest today. And before I jump in into that conversation with my guest for today, I just uh, want to talk about a couple of verses that have been in my mind as we prepare ourselves for this Thanksgiving season. I'm going to read from the Legacy Standard Bible, and uh, it is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything you thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then Psalm 107, verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. And as we read this verses, some questions that come to my to mind is, when do we give thanks? Uh, when do we give thanks? If we read through those verses, it says that we are to give thanks in everything to the Lord. And that means whether in good times, not so good times, in times of joy, in, in times of trials, uh, that means at all times. So we are to give thanks to the Lord at all time. And why do we give thanks? Why exactly do we give thanks? Again, if you read through First Thessalonians 5.18, Psalm 107.1, uh, you will find that first we give thanks because it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, but also because the Lord is good in his loving kindness, because his loving kindness endures forever. And I think we all can see that evidently throughout the, the Bible and even in our lives. Let's think about where you and I were before Christ and where we are today. We can see his love, his faithfulness to his promises. And because of his never ending grace, the Lord brought us out of darkness, out of the darkness of this world into his marvelous light. So it is our goal today that you are encouraged and reminded of God's goodness to us and that this reminder will help us to have a Christ-focused attitude as we prepare for Thanksgiving. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I've invited someone whom I love and I admire and look up to. She's a godly woman whom the Lord has used even from afar to encourage me and remind me that even in the mundane things of life, I am to honor and glorify the Lord. And today's guest is my sweet friend and sweet thankful homemaker, Marcy Farrell. So how about if we just jump in into our conversation? So please join me as Marcy and I talk about how you and I can keep a Christ-centered, a Christ-honoring attitude as we prepare for Thanksgiving Day. All right, friends, I am here with my sweet friend, Marcy. Hi, Marcy. How are you? Hi, Hi Arlene. So good. Good. So good to be here with you. <clears throat> I, I, I will definitely be asking you to introduce yourself, but Marcy is one of our returning guests and I invited Marcy I, I, as I was thinking through Thanksgiving, you know, uh, well, Thanksgiving is coming soon. And I think I reached out to you probably during the summer. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. And I was already thinking ahead, like, okay, so what are we going to do? Cause we normally do a Thanksgiving special. Um, but, uh, one of the brothers that we had help, helping us, uh, which is Ty Nukleberry, he he will come and teach on the podcast. 
um, he is now serving at a church up in Sacramento. So he's not no longer able to help us on the podcast with that. So I was just thinking about it. I'm like, wow, it would be really awesome just to think about and because you know I obviously I love your podcast and I've I think I've probably listened through all or, or I'm still I'm still going I through a lot of the episodes <laughs> of your podcast and every time like you come up in my conversations with a lot of the ladies that I talk to because I just love how practical and encouraging but also refreshing uh you know like your things are very simple a lot of the a lot of the times it's like I should know this but I need to be reminded of those things. So yes, as I was thinking about that, I was like, I want an episode that it's practical, but also we're going we're going to go a little bit down memory memory lane, you know, to think about some of our you know Thanksgiving traditions or experience. Um, yeah. So Marcy will be doing most of the talking. I'll be doing most of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, yes, Marcy. So well, you had me thinking of Thanksgiving much earlier than I normally do. So it was good for me to do this. <laughs> I'm really excited for this, but if you wouldn't mind just like sharing a little bit, you know, introducing yourself and just telling our listeners about your blog and your podcast. And obviously, like I said, I love her podcast, so she will tell you more. Well, I love my Arlene's podcast, so that's a double blessing here for me today. So that I get to be on it, and I love her because she's such a dear friend. And actually, I love you that I got to meet you in person at G three. So people watching this, you need to come down to G three. That's that's huge. But I'm, as she said, I'm Marcy Farrell. I blog at and podcast at thankfulhomemaker.com. I like to talk about all things homemaking, and I I call it gospel-driven encouragement for homemakers. And I'm a wife of now over 36 years to my darling husband, Doug, who I just adore. And I have two grown children and three grandchildren. And I live in the beautiful state of Wisconsin. And I even have like my, my fall t-shirt on, my thankful, grateful, blessed. I was like all Thanksgiving ready today. I so love I'm it. excited to go. <laughs> I didn't realize it until you told me. And I'm like, I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> We're hanging yeah. in my guest room today, but it's, uh, I like coming in the guest room. It's kind of fun to be in here sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very dear to me, Marcy, and I'm so excited to, um, to have you do this with me. And like I said to Marcy, I'm a little bit under the weather today. So I'm mm. like with cup drops and things like that. So I'm sorry <laughs> about that. But yeah, uh, we're recording this episode way before I'm going to be posting it. <laughs> so we're posting this the week before Thanksgiving. And the reason why is because, again, the goal of this is to encourage one another and to remind ourselves just that, you know, to keep a Christ-focused attitude during such a busy season. And whether it is with the preparations, you know, meal preparations or decorating your house, I mean, cleaning and all these things, they can get all the stuff. <laughs> All the, all the stuff right? we tend to stress over and get so, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, concerned about that. <laughs> I'm one of those. I'm I'm guilty of this. And I think uh, as I was thinking through that, I'm like, yes, I've, I've been in that position so many times because we do have a lot of guests in our place. And, you know, sometimes you get so busy with like, I have to go shopping, I have to go get the food and I have to prepare <laughs> and I have to clean and I have to make sure that the place, you know, looks great. What about the ambience creating all of this? My friend and I were very big on that, like, you know, just having the perfect ambience and everything, like the background <laughs> of your TV, the candle needs to be lit. It's just like, it's so much, right? It, it's so, it, yes, it so definitely much. can be. So 
So maybe this will be for all seasons. Thanksgiving and then after Thanksgiving comes what Christmas <laughs> and that's a big yes. I know. And then we go to Easter and yeah, it just, it, it's never ends and that's a good thing. So I'm grateful. It's good. <laughs> we have homes and food and friends and God has blessed us well. So we yes. pray that we can, we're going to pray. We can help to encourage and honor him in this. <laughs> so that's our hope. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's my goal. And I know that, you know, I'm here to learn also. I love learning from you. So uh, uh, we're all on this, on the same boat. So the listeners and myself <laughs> learning from, from you, Marcy. So very grateful. Um, and with our main focus uh, for the first part that we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about all those things about, you know, preparing and um, even practical, a little bit. Right? Yeah, just the practical side of it. So there is a practical side there is yeah yeah so good so to begin so can you start sharing with us like some of the traditions that you remember from growing up with your family like what did Thanksgiving look like for you guys back back then yeah we we always had very sweet Thanksgiving celebrations lots of food I, um, my family's not huge, but I loved getting together because that would be the time we would see all our aunts and uncles and cousins. And usually we didn't see them to holidays. So that was a special time. Uh, we celebrated most of my holidays with my mom's sister. She had the largest home. She always put together a lovely dinner and it was just good to be around family. And then when I married my husband, Doug, we used to have Thanksgiving dinner at his parents' house. My my mother in love was an, she was just an excellent cook and she always took care of all the main things like the turkey and the stuffing. And as a newer bride, like I was so thankful to just be able to bring a side dish or dessert because those things really intimidated me. Just, I've never made a turkey as a young bride. So, but over time I did get a little braver in the kitchen and um, it's been about 10 years now, a little more that my mother in love went home to be with the Lord and Thanksgiving was now celebrated in our home. And I kind of kept that same tradition from my childhood to my in-laws of just making a traditional meal. And my family knows I am such a creature of habit. Arlene's like, I would make the same foods I had when I was a child because I really love that. <laughs> so I, I just, that was just a sweet time for me. So as I'm saying this, even in our early years of marriage, so even as a non-believer, because Doug and I didn't come to faith until we were in our mid thirties. I really enjoyed Thanksgiving and we had a lot of things to, um, let me say like traditions, you know, we did the typical thankful around the table stuff. And now that I'm a believer, I'm always like, like, who are we giving thanks to? Like, <laughs> I just <laughs> never really thought about it at that time. But, um, but now on the other side and seeing the other side of the, the, you know, the, the curtain torn into just seeing Christ, it's like, wow, all that time God was blessing us. And I had no idea yet. So, yeah. Um, so did you keep some of those traditions, like from your childhood? Um, now, you know, when, when you went into marriage, like what were some of the things that you kept, um, you know, when you had your kids and even now? Yeah. Yeah. So we, for the most part, I was going to say, we still had that traditional dinner. So that didn't change a whole lot. And I still love to do the typical things like set a pretty table and put some nice music on in the background. And, um, just going over the, the things that we're thankful for around the table, mm -hmm. um, but I think about, I'm going to say probably my, our, our, you know, our biggest change or our thing that we didn't change the most was 
or I should say our biggest change, I'm not saying that right, was just now recognizing God in the midst of all that where we didn't before. So um, we kind of kept the traditional food, family, normal stuff, Arlene's, you know, and even that, when you think about that, like then setting the beautiful table was to impress people. It wasn't so much for the hospitality aspect of loving others. And I would say it was loving them, but it was more about the focus on me, like, look at the food that I'm making and look what I'm doing. So I, I guess that would, um, that would have been more the focus. And I know that wasn't your question, but that like my mind went that direction just as I was thinking that. So, yeah. So, and talking about food, obviously, you know, mm. you just mentioned food. So what are some of your favorite Thanksgiving meals to make? Well, since I already shared I'm a creature of habit, my family knows there's not a whole lot of surprises going on usually. So, <laughs> um, but we do, we do the typical turkey and um, lately though, I have been brining the turkey and now I even found a cheater method. It was, it's really hard to brine it because you got to get it in a pot big enough to submerge it and let it soak. And, um, but I, you can buy a brined turkey. So I've been doing that, which is super great. Um, we do the typical sweet potato casserole with and my daughter. It has to have the marshmallows on top. So that's huge. Um, I used to do the green bean casserole, but we've gone more to just kind of sauteed green beans with butter and garlic and breadcrumbs. That's super yummy. If if anybody does mashed potatoes, they need to do Pioneer Woman's recipe because it has cream cheese and butter and half yeah. and half. They're so good. Um, I do do crockpot stuffing. I don't stuff my stuffing in the turkey. I just, I just just what I do. It's not. And cranberry sauce. That's another pioneer woman one. It uses like half a gallon of maple syrup, but it's super yummy. Um, I'm not a good gravy maker. So I always have a good canned gravy on hand. (laughs) (laughs) I usually cheat and buy good rolls um, and pumpkin pie. You know what? I'm sorry. You can't beat Costco. And (laughs) I just, I'll bake a chocolate. I'll make a chocolate pie. I make a homemade chocolate pie. And, um, and we love pumpkin bars. So we're, we are so traditional, um, nothing, nothing overly different there. So I normally don't do Costco for the pies, but I have a friend, her name is Kat and everyone in my Bible study or a church knows her for, uh, her pies. So we call her Kat's pies. Well, that's what her business is called. She created like her own business. Oh, I need her up here. (laughs) One of my favorite pies from her is the apple, uh, the apple pies. Yeah. One of my favorites, the apple pies. It's so, so delicious. I don't know. It's like I've had apple pie before, but I don't know. I can't can't seem to like get over the same as cats. (laughs) Hers is like the best. Look at me over like promoting her. her So everybody's going to be Googling her. Cat's pies. You know what? (laughs) Probably her email on this episode because she does make the best pies. Yeah. (laughs) So I know that you mentioned also about decorating your house. Like what, like Mm -hmm. what, mostly like why you did it before, but I want to know how soon do you start decorating your home? Because I already started mine. (laughs) Okay. So I already started mine. Mine's, I'm not done yet, but I started it. I did a few things outside. Our pumpkin farms are open. And so I picked up, you know, they have those gorgeous pumpkins now, like the muted greens and the muted orange and the whites. And so I really like that. So, and I, I do love fall decorating. So I'm somewhat of what you'd call a seasonal decorator. And if you're really bored on my YouTube channel, I do have a, I have a video, I think it's called happy fall y'all. And I kind of show <laughs> my last year's decorating. Um, I am simple because I'm seasonally decorating. So 
you know, I'll put all my fall stuff out. But then as Thanksgiving nears, you know, that day I may bring, that's when I'll bring up my little pilgrims and my certain things I might put on the table. Um, but that way I can leave it up like for all these months. And I kind of like that. And I'll do that the same for winter. I'll kind of winter decorate, although Christmas gets its own decoration. Um, so I do, I decorate in September too, Arlene's I'm there. So, and then really when I say Thanksgiving, most of it's coming in my table setting when I'm setting the table that day. So, and usually I don't do that anymore. My grandkids do that. So that's a good oh, thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Get the kids, <laughs> good. Get the kids yes. they have fun. So do you yeah, normally host or uh, do you normally go to um, other family members? You know, we, in this season, I have it here. We have the space. Um, when I get too old, I tease my daughter. It's going to have to go to her house. <laughs> so um, Sometimes we do. We're so like, we do try to include friends or um, just thinking about the people who don't have a place to go. Like we always think about college students or widows or singles or things like that. Um, we don't, we're small family wise. My husband and I, my, my family's not nearby here. So it's just um, my husband's dad and my daughter and her family, and then my son. So we're pretty small for Thanksgiving, but yeah, yeah always here. And I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And I mean, obviously that requires a lot of preparation. So how do you go by preparing ahead before Thanksgiving? How, how soon do you begin preparing? Yeah. So I don't do tons of stuff early. And I think just because you kind of settle in a pattern that you know it already, but I do make sure things like that. I've got that turkey on order. If I'm going to order that brine turkey from somewhere, whatever I'm going to do, I do have a list. Um, I'm such a list girl. So I do keep a list of like all my non-perishable items that I could buy ahead of time, especially sometimes things that you think the store might sell out of early. Um, <laughs> I do process things ahead with my husband, like what we're going to read at the table or who's coming, you know, are we inviting somebody else? Am I dealing with food allergies and how can I, or special eating things? I, I don't have a lot of that, but sometimes, you, you know, we have that and I have to think through it. Um, I need to determine what dishes maybe others could bring because I'm not a good delegator. So I have to work really hard at that. Um, and my prep really kicks in that week before I'll make sure I know, um, what we hope the day, the day looks like. And I'm saying hope, cause I don't know what the day is going to actually look like till it happens. Um, <laughs> cause I always hold that with an open hand. The Lord's plan always trumps mine. Um, <laughs> my, husband is super helpful. Like he takes care of the reading and the prayer and he'll lead the discussion around the table. So I really appreciate that. Um, and then I'll get like my non-perishable items a couple of days before, you know, I'll kind of go get my fresh, whatever vegetables and things that I need. And I do start cooking a couple of days ahead of time, whatever side dishes I can make ahead of time, you know, a day or two, I make sure I do that. Making sure that Turkey's thought is a big one, right? We don't want to ever botch that. That's like not fun. Um, mm -hmm. I try so hard to get my big messes done before Thanksgiving day. So I can enjoy everyone and I'm not held up in the kitchen. I've, I let people help with cleanup, let people help always, always, always. They love to help. People love to feel useful and helpful. Um, my daughter and grandkids come early and they help me with some of the prep. We'll do a little cooking and baking together. The kids will set the table. So that's super that's a huge one off my plate. And they are, like you said, they are so much more creative than I am. They have so much more fun with it. So I, I think it's just, um, I know we'll talk a little more, but it's really just 
thinking through what your day's going to look like and, and planning it out ahead of time. So you're not just, you know, two days before, oh my goodness. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, something that you mentioned that I definitely need to be better at is uh, the part of letting people, like letting your guests help. Because I think it's like a cultural thing that I've always, I was raised to basically do everything. <laughs> like nice. the guests, uh, their guests, therefore, you're serving in every way. So meaning you're making the meal, but you're also cleaning. Like they just come, you talk, and then you don't, you know, you have conversations and things like that. So you don't let them do that normally. So I don't know. That's like, that's all. And I, I know that that's okay. I, yeah. So I do do that with when I have smaller dinners and I have people over, I will just leave the dishes. But when, um, when we're transitioning and maybe cause it's family, I do that too, because it's my daughter and it's my, you know, it's, it's just your family for the most part. And they know how to load dishwashers. And, and I, sometimes I think the best conversations go on when we're all cleaning up together. It is kind of fun. It's a sweet kind of fellowship on its own. So I love that. <clears throat> True. Yeah. So process that be a good delegator. Like I, I, I was sure that I, sometimes Arlene's like, literally I have to write down what, like if people go, can I help with something? I'll usually, I have to think about it ahead of time and write down a list of like what people, if somebody asks me that, what could they, what could I give them to do? Yes. <laughs> I, I actually listened to, I, funny enough. So when I was doing my hikes in the summer, I, in, when I had this idea, I listened to your episode on Thanksgiving. And that was for one of the Thanksgiving. I can't remember what year it was. Um, and that's something that you, you that you mentioned. I'm like, wow, that is actually a very good idea because when you know I've been put on the spot that I'm like, I have no idea what they can help me with. Because yes. I was, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, what can you do? I'll sit down. <laughs> Just sit down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they'd probably love it. They'd be so happy. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, I guess we have to be better. It's like better at delegating uh what people can do and that's a great way to, to do that so think of back then uh when your kids were who, who are adults now you know when they were younger uh what were some of the activities that you guys will do as a family um with with your kids yeah so I'm thinking even sometimes more fall activities just than just Thanksgiving when you say that because um yes, yes. Yeah, I know it falls into that. There's some fun things we do, but, but even, even so, like, um, when we had my littles at home, we would kind of vary our family worship during Thanksgiving to focus more on gratitude. That was always a big one. And I, you know, we do that. And I was thinking I I need to be focusing that all year because I'm like a natural grumbler complainer in my heart. So I really need to focus on gratitude all the time, but I, I keep, and I still do this with my grandbabies. I keep a book basket in the family room and I, I change out the books during various seasons. So they're the picture books for the kids sometimes on whatever um, holidays or seasons. Sometimes they're really helpful for us to read. Like I'm in my mind, I'm saying that I'm thinking of like RC Sprawl has wonderful children's books that are just so good for our own hearts to read. But so when that Thanksgiving time comes, I'll put ones that focus on this season of giving thanks and and there'll be just some in there for the season of fall or about nature or there, there'll be other books in there too, but that's what I'll kind of put in there. Um, we always love to take a trip to a pumpkin farm in Wisconsin. We have a zillion of those everywhere. So you could do hay rides and drink fresh apple cider and you can bring your apples home and make that homemade apple pie. Unless you have cat, then you can just call her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I can. call her or email <laughs> 
um, we have like a really fun candy store in our town that makes um, extra special caramel apples. So that was always a treat and they're super expensive. So it is like one of those treat things we do around the fall time. Yeah. Make, taking nature walks. We always love to do that with our kids. And it's just funny how we still continue this with our grandkids now. Cause, um, it's just, it's just part of what we do. So, and making s'mores, making leaves together. Um, we do make everything pumpkin flavored now, you know, from breads to cookies, to pies and all that fun stuff. But I would, what I would like to do, like, and even now I still do, I will make a list of fall things that we would love to do and see if we could just work them in each week. And it could be simple things like playing a board game and having hot chocolate together or having a picnic at a local park, you know, bundling up and doing that. And it was always fun to have those activities on the calendar to look forward to. Even for me, it helped me to plan as the mom to look ahead and go, oh, we have this picnic coming and that's going to be so fun. So I always tell people like determine what you want this season to look like for your family. It's not how it looks for my family. It's your family. And then be intentional in your planning. It's like, what are things you love to do together as a family? Or are there traditions in the season? Maybe you'd even love to start that you haven't done, but, but keep it simple and make sure it's things you love to do. Not just because somebody put it on a fall bucket list and you saw it on a paper and your family, maybe they don't, you don't even like apples. <laughs> like it's just... <laughs> those are good reminders (laughs) what about um for thanksgiving day do you involve your kids in meals prep or did you assign a specific job to them you know like setting up oh you have to set up the table or making a specific dish like how did you involve them in that yeah our kiddos have always participated in the table setting um even from the youngest ages because they if they can't make place cards they can draw pictures and they can do really fun things um But now my granddaughters are getting older and they like to help with meal prep. So from cutting up veggies or making pies or mixing things, and we love to include them in that. And and as I shared, my kids and even my grandkids, they are much better table setters and place card makers than I am. Because, you know, as as the mom is the one doing all this cooking and cleaning, and I just, there's already a lot on your list that my creativity, first of all, I'm not overly creative, but it was not at my best at that time, you know. Cause we, and we're going to talk about that. Cause I get in that mode that I just want to get it done, but I love that they do it creatively and they make it special for everyone. And they do things I would never think to do. Like they're just so cute with their pictures or if they're making placemats or however they arrange the, the pumpkins and the nuts or flowers, it's just really kind of fun to see that. So yeah. I, I've always included them in that. I think it's a good thing to do that. Now, like uh, at the table. So I have a friend who was sharing with me that, you know, obviously if you're going to have guests over other than your family, um, what they will do is, okay, so if the kids, for the kids to participate in the conversation, right, because they're kids and then you have Mm -hmm. adults. um, One of the things that the family used to do is that they will monitor their questions, I guess. So it was like a previous question. So if they wanted to ask a question to one of their guests, so then, you know, the parents will probably have them ask, the, like, share with them the questions that they had in mind and, and all of that, just to create okay. a happy conversation. So what about for you guys? What does that look like around the dinner table? Mm-hmm. The so, and all of that, yeah. Yeah, so we always choose questions beforehand. And it's, we always have an all family conversation too, is how we handle it. So Sometimes, sometimes when we're doing the place cards, I would put a question on the back of everybody's place card and they might just answer that question 
or sometimes we'll have a list of questions. Sometimes I'll put cards and we'll pick. And um, there's even times when I'll do questions. And now that my grandkids are older, I'll let them determine, here's my questions. What questions do you want to ask each person? And then they'll put that on the back of the card. So it's fun to see the questions they pick for the different people and how that all works out. Um, and sometimes, Arlene, we keep it simple. We keep questions in a basket or bowl and we'll pass them around the table. Sometimes we'll all answer the same question. That's kind of fun too. And I've just found when we do those questions, it's really a fun way to get to know one another better. Maybe maybe you wouldn't think of those questions to ask naturally as the conversation is going, but we do have a rule at the table that I like to keep. And sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's hard to do. And I heard this from a, it's a blogger, this Michael Hyatt, it's an old one, but he said to only have one conversation at a time at the table that, and it truly does, um, it transforms your dinner conversation. So there's not a bunch of side conversations. And I guess it depends on how big your table is, but it's just kind of fun to do that. And you get to hear every, you know, when one person's talking, everybody hears that and you're all in on that conversation. And a lot of times you have to state that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So everybody's on board with it because that's usually not how it works all the time. So yeah. that's, that's, that's a good oh, thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I come from a family that um, it's pretty loud. So sometimes we can, we talk, you know, over each other and it's like, you can't even, you can't even hear what the other person is saying. So yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, it's good. Even for the kids to teach them that, to be able to listen and focus on that conversation. I just... I think that's um, super helpful. And plus, I'm like a naturally distracted person. So I could be listening to this conversation, but then I can hear tidbits and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, I can be here. Then if I hear something, I can get distracted over there, like trying to. <laughs> I hope people are not overwhelmed with all the things that, you know, like we're talking about decorations and meal prep, and they're already probably setting their mind and thinking, oh my goodness, but I have to do all of that. And I, now I have to get ready. And um, we don't want them to be obviously overwhelmed. And uh, we want to make sure that our heart is centered in Christ, you know, and even with the craziest time of decorating, planning, cooking, cleaning, and maybe even hosting people over, you know, that we keep our minds focused on Christ. And why is it that we're doing it? Are we doing this with a thankful heart? And I was actually thinking about a couple of verses, um, just thinking about all of that. And uh, Psalm 150 uh, verse six says, let everything that has breath praise Yahweh. Yeah praise yeah this is from the um the legacy standard bible and then first corinthians 10 31 whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of god colossians 3 uh, 23 to 24 whatever you do do your work heartily as for the lord rather than for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the reward of inheritance serve the lord christ and then philippians 4 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god so, so how do we go by guarding our mm-hmm. heart to not fall into the sin of feeling anxious or overwhelmed or even feeling of, you know, feeling discontent in the process of preparing, you know, for this business season? Yeah, it is really easy. I I'm, I mean, I know for me and I'm sure for most of us to get caught up in all the details it takes to prepare a meal on a larger scale to some degree, because it is, it's not our normal dinner or just having friends over. It's usually a bigger meal. And I've learned, and I'm continuing to learn 
the red flags of when my own heart is distracted and it, it may show up and I'm a little grumpy or I'm complaining. Um, it may show up in losing my joy and all the parts of the preparation, you know, for this upcoming holiday and the meal. It may show up in pride and look how I'm getting all this done. And when I'm there, then I've already lost focus on the main purpose of celebrating Thanksgiving and really celebrating Thanksgiving now as the family who loves the Lord. And, you know, my heart's desire is to point my family to Christ and in all areas. And that includes even in the prep time for this meal, it's not how great a cook I am or how well my table is set or how clean my house is. You know, the main purpose of celebrating Thanksgiving is to point the goodness and the kindness of God and redeeming us as his children. And I always think of that, you were the first Thessalonians 518, God's will for us as believers is to give thanks to him in and through all things. So it's just a continual reminder of guarding your heart and bringing it back to the truth of God's words and focusing on him. That's, that's huge. So Good I know stuff. you mentioned one of a, ver a verse, but do you have any other scripture, like favorite scripture that you'd like to go to in times like that when you feel like uh, this is going to be overwhelming? <laughs> no, it's so good. Yeah. First Thessalonians 5.18 is a favorite of mine. And when I remind myself, I think of Colossians 3.17 reminds us that whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. Psalm 107, one, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That's just his steadfast love endures forever. And Psalm 103, like verse two, they're just that reminder to remind us to not forget all his benefits. Psalm 100 is one we love to read at the table very frequently. That just seems to be a standard Psalm for us. And one of my favorite verses to go to again is just to be reminded of all the blessings I have to give the Lord thanks for is Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just love that reminder for everything. <laughs> it's a great reminder. And I think that's something that we need honestly daily, daily. Um, every day looks different. <laughs> it never it does it, yes. it doesn't work out as we expect, right? But what are some of the practical ways that have been helpful for you to prepare yourself ahead, to prepare your heart mostly? Yeah, so there really, there is the practical. We talked, that is the reality. I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, planning ahead makes it to feel like not a last minute rush for me. So I, I always say things like to, to menu plan, to take the time to do that. Actually, I have bigger notes on this one because I'm going to, this is good for me because I'm thinking about it now. So it's, it's going to be a help to me, but I just think about when the planning part helps to keep your heart, not so overwhelmed to some degree, having it off of your mind and onto something just is a, a better way to focus than having that place to write things down when you think of something. So your, your mind isn't all over and scattered and just keeping it focused. So I say very simply sit down and write your menu plan for the day. If you're serving munchies before the meal, put those on your list. Um, because I, my meal plan stays pretty much the same from year to year. I keep a copy of it in my planner. And honestly, I've kind of moved techie now. I use an app to keep all my Thanksgiving menus in and my shopping. And then I have another app that has all my shopping lists. And this particular app I use, it's called the Paprika app, but I can categorize it. So I can have just the category of Thanksgiving and there's all my Thanksgiving recipes right there. And then it will make a shopping list for me. And that's really helpful. Um, I'll keep notes in my planner of who else is bringing food items. 
I'll put my guest list together. Very simply, I always leave room for an extra person or two in case the Lord brings that last minute person our way. Um, and then your grocery list, you're going to write that out. But if, if you keep it simple and you write your non-perishables and your perishables, and you can kind of look at your calendar and go, hey, when am I going to go shopping and get it on the calendar? Once you do that, you're done with it. It's put aside. Your list is done. You can see this is the day you're going to go shopping. You don't have to think about it anymore. So I really use my calendar and my planner to think, to plan Thanksgiving from shopping to um, thawing the turkey to determining when I'm making certain side dishes. I think that's super helpful to just take it off my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else. Simple things like clean your oven beforehand. If you feel that it needs a little clean, it's always a good time to do that. So your house isn't all stinky when everybody comes over and you're baking the turkey and something was burnt at the bottom. <laughs> Maybe you don't need to do that, but <laughs> just, just <laughs> give me a quick tech, right? Yeah. Quick tech. Um, I think of things like setting the table the day before. So you're not dealing with it that day. That way you can calmly take your time. Think about things like cleaning your fridge and your freezer. So you're kind of ready for all those leftovers and you have room to put food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to do music, ponder that ahead of time, put it, it's September, put a Thanksgiving playlist together, you know, well, they're not going to be watching this in September, but you and I are. So (laughs) put a Thanksgiving playlist together ahead of time. If you're going to have music on, um, I think about a quick clean. This is not the time to deep clean your house. Okay. Nobody's looking at your dust. Nobody's looking at any of that. Give your house a quick tidy and do not do not stress about that. Make sure your bathroom is clean and make sure your kitchen is tidy and clean. It's going to be in chaos anyway. So you're going to have junk all over the floor. You're going to have junk all over the counters. So there's just no need to go to this crazy clean and tidy the rooms that you're going to be in with the people and just don't deal with the rest of that. Um, trying to think what else. Then I think about other things, simple things like, um, Make sure you have items for people to take leftovers home. Do you have, you know, throwaway kind of to-go containers and plastic bags, um, uh, beverages? What are you going to serve drink-wise? Keep it simple. Just have like two or three. Don't, you know, you don't have to have tons of stuff on it. And then I'm like rambling through the Sarlini's, but if you go to my blog, (laughs) I do have this laid out a little bit nicer. I'm thinking about putting a Thanksgiving planner together too, at some point to just have this all laid out very step-by-step. So maybe by the time this is out, I may have that. (laughs) Yeah. But keep a game plan for the day. So I'll take a note card and I'll write down what time does my turkey need to be in the oven? When are my side dishes going to be in the oven? And then when I, where I'm going to lay out my food, this is going to sound silly to some people, but it helps me. I take those little sticky notes and I put where everything is going to go. Cause I'll set it up like a buffet and you know what, this is one of those delegate things. So when somebody goes, what can I help do? If they're going to take the mashed potatoes in the room, they already know where it goes. And I already, I'll have spoons laid out. So I'll do that when I set the table the night before, when we have that table set, when my babies are setting that table, I'm putting sticky notes all over the buffet to go. This is where the mashed potatoes are going. Here's the spoon. This is the sweet potatoes. Here's the spoon. So Thanksgiving morning comes. I really just have to put things in the oven table set. Everything has got a place and I'm able to enjoy the day. So this is the big one. Let your guests help. This is the other big one though. Enjoy your time. You need to pray and ask the Lord to give you a cheerful heart and a cheerful attitude during this busy day. You want to love the people that you're serving. You want to enjoy and give thanks for every task. That's huge. 
there is no hurry. You just move from task to task, right? Kind of the do the next thing. Do not rush. When we rush, it's a bad thing. Nothing goes well when we're rushing. So it's just, (laughs) that's when like things get dropped and I don't know, you run into doors and it's not good. It's not good, but just be mindful to enjoy your family and friends. So that's, that's really the big one. And everything's going to be done just fine. So take your time, take a deep breath, pray, and just go, Lord, help me to just love these people and enjoy my time with them today. And that all is focused on you. Yeah. So that, and then moving from there to the dinner table with, um, you know, being with the guests and everything, um, how can we keep a Christ center time, you know, cause I feel like a lot of times, and I think for, for both of us coming from unbeliever families, like it's just all about the food. It's about the decoration. It's about the people who are there. So what are some of the things that we can do? do I mean, even for you, did, did you do anything with your family, like a devotional or do you go around the, th- the table, just giving thanks? Like, what are some of the things that you guys will do? Yeah. I was thinking about that. There's always what we do during the dinner time and before. And so we'll begin the meal with, with the prayer and we'll start reading a scripture. Like I should, we usually end up reading Psalm 100, but that can vary. And then my husband will read a short devotional. It won't be too long because we have small children. We have unbelievers. Everybody wants to eat. This isn't the time for a sermon. I mean, if you want to, but I'm just, I just don't just think that'd be a little challenging, (laughs) but to do a short devotional to kind of set the tone for the meal. Um, sometimes towards the end of the meal, even we'll sing a hymn together. We're not a musical family. We'll use the help of Spotify or something. If we do that and I'll have the lyrics printed out for people. And even our unbelieving family or friends are very good to participate in that. I, if they think it's odd, they never tell us. So <laughs> they participate <laughs> and, it, and it's good. And, and then I think taking the time to go on the table and asking friends and family to share what they're thankful for to the Lord for in their lives. I think that's key to just re, be reminded that we're giving thanks to the Lord for those things. And, you know, from the past year, and I think those are simple ways to keep the focus on Christ, even for, from believers, but even to non-believers to be pointing them to Christ in this time, which is, this is an awesome time to be able to witness to family and share openly about the Lord. So I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. And I mean, that, that helps with the whole thing about having, you know, having meaningful conversations. Um, so that if you know that you're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to run out of questions. Like what, what are we going to talk about around the table? So that is, um, I think something else that you were saying about it's how, uh, with your kids, how they will write like, the questions, um, on the card that will be at the table. Yeah. Right? So that's great because, well, maybe if you don't remember the questions that you wanted to ask, then at least you'll have it in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. and I, forget it. Right. Just to have that, those conversations and that it will bring it also to, to Christ. And I, and I love that about, uh, let's go around and see what everyone is thankful for. Right. Sometimes we'll even read like the history of Thanksgiving that, um, you know, just a shortened version. I, I know there's one online from got questions, but we have a book that it's an, it's an old book. I, I don't know if it's in print still, it's called, um, Thanksgiving, a time to remember. And it's by Barbara Rainey. And she has like an abbreviated history of Thanksgiving that we like to go through. Um, that's just really sweet to read, but, um, I'm just thinking of Thanksgiving questions. There's another resource that's super helpful. It's Donald 
Whitney and he has, it's called, and I'll give you these links for this too, Arlene, is if you want to throw it down below, but he has a list of 10 questions to ask at a Thanksgiving gathering, and they can get a little more evangelistic focused in the conversation, which is super, um, super helpful at that time to do that. So yeah, I really, like yeah, I would love to include it here. If there's a link or something that I could yeah. share. So no, definitely. how can we, um, how can we actively keep a thankful heart uh, and not just, you know, when Thanksgiving comes around it's not only in Thanksgiving that we're, I mean, I, I was thinking as I was, you know, thinking about this question is what I said in the, uh, actually you were in here, you were in here for the beginning uh, yet. <laughs> we hadn't connected yet. Yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> yet. Uh, but when I was doing the opening, I was just um, going through why uh, we're, we're to give thanks, right? So I read First Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then I also mentioned Psalm 107, uh, verse 1, oh, give thanks to Yahweh for he is good for his loving kindness endures forever. So clearly it is at all times that we are to give everything, right? Whether that is in the good times, the ugly times, at, at all times we are to give oh, thanks. So how can we actively uh, keep a thankful heart? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good because thankful hearts, um, thankful hearts are not going to be sinful hearts. And I, I think a lack of thankfulness, it reveals the health of our souls. And we were talking about in Ephesians, that chapter five, those verses 18 to 20, that the apostle Paul is telling us what being filled with the spirit looks like. And he points to thankfulness in there. Um, like having the peace of Christ in our hearts comes down to being thankful. And Paul tells us that again, in Colossians chapter three, verses 15 to 16, um, to live in God's will. The apostle tells us that it is giving thanks in and through all things in our first Thessalonians 518. So it's not like it's this easy four-step plan, like, Hey, here's four steps to being thankful. Um, there's not four steps to having our hearts <laughs> grateful and into all things. We we need to encourage one another to be thankful in our homes and in our churches. And I heard it stated somewhere that said, thankful people are not only the most spiritually healthy and spiritually protected, but often the happiest. I thought that was an interesting quote. So it's a continuing training of our minds to see and give thanks to God's grace at work in our lives and in through all circumstances. And it needs to be a habit that's really formed one moment at a time. And that habit does strengthen over time. We need to continue to ask the Lord to help us to be people who are thankful. And we need to do battle with ingratitude and grumbling and complaining because it's sin, right? And we need to do battle with sin. So the more thankful we become in our walk with the Lord, the less power that sin is going to have over us. And I, I think things like meditating on scriptures that foster gratitude in our hearts and remind us to give thanks are good things. We, we need to be aware of when and what causes our heart to complain. And as John Owen stated it, right, be killing sin or it's going to be killing you and complaining, grumbling hearts are sinful hearts. So we need to continually do battle with sin and you know, we're equipped to do this in Christ. We are not alone and we can have victory in that area. I think sometimes we just, we just give in and we don't even fight the good fight. We're not fighting the battle of sin in our lives. And we can so do that. So we can capture those thoughts of ingratitude and turn them to thoughts of gratitude by the power of the spirit at work in our hearts. So we are not alone in this battle. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think even thinking about if you're going to have um, 
unbeliever uh, friends or families over, you are to be a witness of Christ, right, for them. And if you're um, grumbling and if you're uh, uh, having a bad attitude, it's like, how is that showing Christ's love to them, right? So what if yes. someone is, um, you know, having people over that are unbelievers? How can how can um, this also be an opportunity to share the gospel without making it all about that, you know, yeah. uh, because you want to be sensitive also to them? Yeah. So I, this can come about really naturally in conversation as we're going around the table, giving thanks to the Lord, because who of us in Christ isn't thankful for the gift of salvation and what better time to share that gift with family and friends who don't know Jesus. And we have this open door opportunity there, right? Yeah. We, and we need to be reminded we're called to be faithful and to share the good news of the gospel, but we're always reminded God does the saving. So to do this, we need to love others more than ourselves. That's key. So I, I think it begins now, even by praying for those who are going to be at your table, who are outside of Christ. They need to hear about sin and judgment and hell. I know those are uncomfortable things to talk about sometimes, but they need to hear that because they need to understand what repentance is and what it means to put their faith in Jesus Christ. They need to understand who Jesus is. So I always think like one way when, when you're personally giving thanks to the Lord and saving you is to walk through your testimony of, of sharing, because I always think it's really hard to just go, Hey, grandma, you're going to hell. Like, you're not going to say that. <laughs> no, you're not going to say that. But if you're sharing your testimony and you're bringing it back to you and you're saying that, Hey, I'm not a good person. I've lied and lusted and I've broken all of God's commandments that, that I was God's enemy. And if he were to judge me against the 10 commandments, I would spend eternity in hell. And you can share the good news of the gospel and how God saved you by his grace. When you repent, you can walk through the whole gospel with them. When you repented and put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation and just coming back to that, that there's no better news and there's no better gift to give thanks to the Lord for than our salvation. So you can turn it to you and, and walk through the gospel because a lot of times we can share our testimony, but we're not really sharing the gospel. So we need to be mindful of that, that when I'm sharing, just talking about Jesus, isn't sharing the gospel. Like we need to get the gospel in there as we're talking through it. And I know it can be so hard with family at times. These are people who know all about us, right? They know all of our weaknesses and our past and all those things. And I think sometimes it can be easier to witness to a stranger on an airplane, like I said, than to grandma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the re <laughs> it's just, but that reality of eternity should help us to evangelize boldly. So we need to, we need to determine to share if this is the time, you know, I get it. It's we're not, we don't need to do this to them every time we're with them, but if it's been a bit and you have that open door opportunity and it comes about, share the gospel with them, keep praying for them. And like we said, continue to show them the love of Christ. And that, that is key. That is key. Your, your, your witness speaks volumes to a family who knows you and who's probably already heard the gospel. Well, they're really watching you and they're paying attention. So I, that's good stuff. So we don't want to be running around grumbling, complaining, crabby Christians. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very easy, honestly, for all of us. Any anything can make us grumble. Yes. Not we're not so different from the Israelites. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> so tell me, how are you and your family planning to celebrate Thanksgiving this year? I feel like I've told you this. I feel bad. I'm such a traditionalist. <laughs> so we're gonna have that. Same you guys have meal. anything different? 
<laughs> I don't think I have anything different yet. I haven't. I, I need to really probably process through it a little bit more, but right now we're not. My my grandchildren and my daughter, they are huge. They'll come over and help me get things together. Um, they'll even just help me from tidying and all that other little stuff. And I'll think through what I'm going to cook in advance. Um, if it's a pleasant day here in Wisconsin, we love, my husband loves to set up a fire outside. So we'll have a big bonfire and sit outside so we can bundle by it. Um, actually Doug and I, we were talking low, we're probably going to start planning about what we're going to read and do for dinner time. And we always do take into consideration our unsafe family that'll be with us. Like my, our adult, one, our adult son is not a believer. So he's a big one that we're always thinking about when he's with him. And I do, I want to love these. I want to love him. Well, I want to love them well and show them Jesus and our words and actions every time that we're with them. Um, so that's really key. Yeah, but it's about the same, Arlene's. We're pretty, we're pretty boring here to some degree. You <laughs> actually said something new that you didn't mention, the bonfire. You know? Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, that's so you. Oh my gosh, that started years ago because we used to, we had, we don't have much of a wooded lot anymore. We had some issue with, we've lost over 300 of these ash trees to a disease. And, um, but um, the Thanksgiving bonfire used to come about because my husband would pile wood and wood from cutting and trees and limbs and stuff. And we'd always have a big bonfire. So now we just have a normal big bonfire without having to cut all the trees because we hardly have any more. So <laughs> well, that's fun. And that's yes. like, I, I mean, there at least in the East Coast, that's a perfect weather to do that because right now, let's be honest. I mean, and we're talking about this again. This is September. We're recording. This. I know, but it is that fire. Uh, my grandkids, they, um, kids loved a fire outside. I don't know what that is. And I, I do too. I love the smell of it. So it's good. If it's not too cold, we can even do s'mores. So we'll just get more dessert in. <laughs> <laughs> like with me. More sweets. <laughs> Oh. Do you, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you do, but um, do you, uh, uh, of everything that we've talked about, and I know that I've listened to a podcast and on your podcast, uh, um, specifically to about Thanksgiving. So do you have any uh, helpful and practical uh, blogs or other resources on your website or obviously in your podcast you do? I've, I've listened to that episode. Yeah. You're so good. You know, I'm pretty simple. I, I do have some articles and I have a podcast on Thanksgiving. If you just go to my blog at thankfulhomemaker.com and whatever your device is, if you find the search bar and you just literally type in Thanksgiving, you'll get all those articles and the podcast, all that will come up in there if you search it. So it's so, so easy, but um, yeah, I don't have, I don't have tons on there, but I have, I have quite a few little old articles, some older ones, a lot of the stuff we talked about too. So it'll be written out. So that'll be a little easier too. So that'll be helpful. But I do want to put together as I'm talking this, I want to put together a resource. So by the time you put this out, I may have that on my site. And if I do, I'll make sure it's somewhere prominent where people can see it when they get yeah. online. So if you do get yeah. it, you can send me the link and I can attach it here. I can put it. That'd be great. Thank you. So Marcy, tell me then, what are you thankful for? You're, I mean, even your podcast is called The Thankful Homemaker. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. I always say that because I'm continuing to learn to be thankful. Um, Jesus, because as I always say, he truly is enough always. I'm, I'm most grateful that the Lord opened my eyes to the gift of salvation because it changed my whole world. It changed the way we even celebrate the day. Everything is now viewed through a different lens. And I'm grateful for his undeserved mercy and grace that he's bestowed upon me. And I just pray for me personally, that I'm reminded of this continually because that causes such a change in my heart and how I respond to things. And I'm responding, responding with 
a heartfelt, humble gratitude. And that's key. So I'm obviously most thankful for Jesus. That's Amen. Yeah, that is uh, definitely one of the greatest gifts that we all have. And I am so grateful for that, for the salvation that that we have in Christ. Well, my sweet friend, it's been a joy (laughs) to have you. And just very quickly, can you share also just very quickly where uh, everyone can find you? And I'll make sure to uh, just put the links also here. Yeah, if what, wherever you listen to podcasts, if whatever podcast catcher you use, whether it's Apple or Spotify, if you just search Thankful Homemaker, you can find me on there and I can be found at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you're looking for the podcast, particularly my podcast um, tab on the menu bar, you hit that and you can subscribe to wherever you listen in there. It's all over there. So yeah, very simple. And I'm all over social media. So yeah. it's good yeah. stuff. I'll put the links also so they can, uh, it's easier <laughs> to go and like, like, thank link. you. So, I'm but grateful for you, Arlene. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. This was like a for you. to be with you and I miss you. So I was, I was like, so excited. I was going to get to see you and talk to you. <laughs> so. I know it's been so long. I mean, thank, I'm so thankful also that the Lord has given us social media and we can keep up with each other's life. Yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, if you wouldn't mind just closing us in prayer. Yeah, Yeah. I would love to do that. Thank you. Father God, I am so grateful, Lord, for our time today. Thank you, Lord, for your abundant grace and goodness in our lives. I I thank you for my sister Arlene's and her family. And Lord, we, um, we give you praise for your faithfulness to us and your great love for us. Lord, continue, Father, to to give us the grace to repent of our sinful attitudes, of our impatience and our grumpiness and our complaining and our lack of gratitude. And Lord, put in our hearts um, patience and love and gratitude and thankfulness. And Lord, I pray that we are continually reminded of your great love for us. And Lord, that that we're not just reminded of it, but that we're going to share that love with others and not just in this season of Thanksgiving, but every day of our lives. So Father God, help us to point others to you and to the great Savior you are and to the great need of the gospel. And I pray, Lord, that every day of our lives would be one of giving thanks to such a merciful and mighty Savior. We love you so much, Lord, and we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.